Let's go! Welcome into the pod. It's Cato Sports coming at you Tuesday morning. Big wrap up of the AFL weekend. It is March 21st. I am pumped for this episode. The reason I decided to do this podcast was so that I could give you open, honest, and truthful opinions on the sports that I love and you guys love too. AFL is very close to my heart and it was such a big round one. And after having watched all the footy shows last night and all the footy shows on Sunday, I really think there is there's room for someone who's going to actually talk about things without having an unbiased opinion, without, with someone who's just not built into the propaganda media of the AFL and who's just going to do the bidding for people upstairs so to make sure their jobs are okay at the end of the day and they have a comfy, comfy seat and they make sure they get that dough coming into their bank account. That's not me. I'm just about seeing it, how I see it and playing it how it lies because... There are things happening in the AFL that are just interesting to talk about that other people aren't talking about. So I'm excited to get into it today. Uh, first cab off the rank, who do I love? Who is my weekend love? Who did I fall in love with on the weekend? Man, Adam Kingsley and that. <laughs> and the GWS Giants, the two green boys, Tom and Toby, everyone in the, everyone I know. I went to the Hawthorne game on, on Sunday, and when we walked into the stadium, just before the Hawthorne game started, Adelaide were up by four goals, and everyone expected them to roll. It was 35 degrees in, in Sydney. Adelaide had just gone and got the best fitness coach in the whole league. They'd gone and invested in their fitness over the off-season. They'd invested in this new look forward line with a, a lot of really good pieces, and they were rolling through the third quarter. They were rolling. Everyone would have gone, that's okay, GWS if they'd fallen down. Everyone would have accepted it. Everyone would have moved on. It wouldn't have been a big issue. No one would have talked about it this week. Maybe there would have been a people going, geez, Adelaide's good. Geez, Adelaide's on top of their game. If they just rolled them and ended up going out and winning by 30, 35 points, everyone just would have accepted it. But the GWS Giants stood up and they ran. I, I watched the replay of the game because I didn't get to watch the first, the last quarter live. I watched the replay yesterday. Oh my God, did they run in the last quarter? Did Tom Green just have an, the ultimate influence? And did Toby Green, as his first game as captain, not just put himself in position regularly over and over to put his team in a position to win the game? It was just, it was just so good to see. And it was was so good to see from a team that doesn't get talked about much, from a team that's hard to say, where's the culture? Where's the, who's the leader? Where is it? And for Toby Green, who's been a vilified player for someone who's been smashed by the regular media to come out and just say, this is my team. This is my team. This is my organisation. We are not going to just fold right now. And he put the team on his back along with his other body, Tom Green, and other leaders as well. Kelly and Cornelio were great. For them to come out and, and, and 
just play a, a, a sensational second half and get an early season win was was awesome. So kudos to them. I was absolutely wrapped with the performance by GWS. They are my Monday love this week. Jumping into, I think, the biggest issue of the weekend, we, we have to talk about the tribunal uh, sending of of McAdam from Adelaide and the two-match ban from Cozzy because this is where I think people in the, in the media, they get, their, they get their job and they're, you know, they're happy and they don't want to talk about these things because if they ruffle too many feathers, oh, it looks bad on them. But this was pretty, this is pretty bad. We, we as fans and as players as well, I see on Twitter all week, all throughout the weekend, People on Twitter, play, past players are saying, why are, we, why are we going after players for minor outcomes when the action looks so bad? Now, McAdam and Cozzy both chose to bump. They both jumped off the ground and chose to bump. McAdam's player, where, had the ball in his hands. McAdam looked like he made most of his contact, if not all of his contact, between the hip and the shoulder. It was a severe bump. We probably don't want to see that in the game, but it was basically within the rules, I'd say. The, maybe the bump slipped a little bit high at the end. And we hit the ground. He had a concussion test. Um, and and now McAdam goes to the, to the tribunal. And... And the Cozzy Pickett, I mean, the Cozzy Pickett one, it would look like one of the worst things I've ever seen on a football field. He jumped off the ground. He missed the body of the player. Bailey Smith didn't have the ball in his hands and he made full contact with the head. And the MRO have gone, you know what? Two weeks. Just because Bailey Smith got up and he kept playing. The AFL are worried about their lawyers and their TV ratings at the moment, and that's and that's the the real that's the real truth. They're worried about how much liability they have, and making sure that they get their best players out there to see games. And we were proved that was proven to us in round twenty two last year when Cripps jumped off the ground, made contact, made contact to the head. Archie got concussed, left the left the ground, didn't participate in the game. But Cripps played the next week because of a legality. Now, that was a disgrace. That was one of the biggest disgraces in the league because that lifted their TV ratings. And the AFL's number one thing is their TV ratings and their second thing is their liability. So as long as Archie was, was kind of okay, well, you know, we need the TV ratings Cripps plays. Starting this season, well... Bailey Smith, he didn't get injured because he's, you know, one of the better players for Melbourne and we need him out there playing because he's a star. Well, we'll let him play. McAdam, well, we don't know about McAdam. No one knows McAdam other than Adelaide supporters and a few supercoach nuffies. They don't know who Shane McAdam is. And we got a little bit injured. Oh, we'll send the precedence. We don't want that happening. We'll send him to the tribunal. What absolute crap. I just... There is a disconnect between what the fans and the players want to see from a what is a fair thing to do on a football fair field and what is punished. I don't really like seeing 
you know, these trial by medias. I don't like seeing the AFL, you know, because this is what happens as well. AFL, Fox Footy come out. There was, there was a decision between um, Matt Rowell and, and Justin McInerney in the Sydney Gold Coast game. Now, Rowell did the perfect AFL move. He knows he can't go headfirst into a contest. He turns to his side. He bends his knees. He goes for the ball. McInerney goes into the contest clumsily with his head first, and his head makes contact with, with Rowell's hip. He falls over. He, I don't think he left the game, but he did come off and he did have to get tested uh, for concussion, which is good. But Rowell did the perfect thing, and then Fox Footy go and post, oh, should Rowell get weeks for his hit? And it was like, oh, come on. So you've got the actual media just blowing up stories and doing trial by media and posting whatever they want because there's no, uh, you know, they're not made accountable for any of their actions. You've got the AFL who are only worried about their lawyers and worried about their TV ratings. And then you've got the fans who are sitting here trying to figure out what the hell is going on because nothing makes sense to them because there's no even um, process. So AFL, AFL media as well, turn it up. Give us something that we can go, okay, that's fair. And that is reasonable because that's all, I, that's all your average AFL fan is. They're reasonable and fair people just wanting to see reasonable and fair results and, 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 and we're not getting it at the moment. End of my AFL tribunal rant. I hope they sort it out. Yeah, anyway. I do want to go into some of the better performances and then I'll talk about some of the worst performances. So obviously I love J- GWS. Collingwood are real. They are so real. I mean, what an, what a team that just doesn't ever say we're going away. What a team that doesn't ever let you kick an easy goal. Every time Geelong had the ball, and I know Geelong had a couple of injuries and it was a tough first game, but it was a tough first game because, you know, the, t- the players on both teams were going at it. It was the best game of the round. It was the most high-powered game of the round. Both teams were flying at the footy, and Collingwood just wanted it more for longer. And it just, you know, midway through the third quarter, again, you could have been... People said at the start of the year, I even thought, you know, Collingwood probably can't win as many close games as they did last year. But Collingwood didn't think that. They just kept coming. They had these, they had these guys that they've developed in their team, like Bo McCreary, that just don't stop attacking you the whole game. They just keep coming. Jordi Dugowie has found his home in, in the midfield now. They can now substitute the, the, this you know switching of absolute A-grade talent in Sidey and Pendles and Tom Mitchell and, and Tay Adams through their midfield and forward group, and it's just working so well for them at the moment. I, I, I was... Uh, uh, absolutely blown away with Collingwood and I think that they are seriously real and they are coming for the for the league this season they have a very balanced list they have a very you know a lot of players in their prime they're going to win a lot of games I, I I I'm sad that I put them at the bottom of my ladder because they are going to win a lot of games if they rock up to work like that every week they're going to beat a lot of teams um Another really strong performance from the weekend. 
that will probably go a little bit unsighted, but Sydney were excellent. In a, in a game that was sloppy, in a game that was played in heat up in Gold Coast, that was tough conditions, they were just smarter. They were just smarter. They moved the ball well. They used the, their class to not go to ground when they needed to and pick, it, pick up the ball in wet weather conditions up on the Gold Coast. It wasn't wet. It was just dewy and, and hot and steamy. But then they also just kicked the ball forward to advantage when they needed to. Their forwards were as dangerous as ever. Buddy looked great. Papley looked great. Heaney looked great. Their midfield will swallow teams alive all year. Their backline absorbs pressure better than any team in the league at the moment, I think. The McCartan brothers and Rampy and Blakey, they just don't, they position themselves so well. They're never worried. They're, ne- they're never in, in a fuss because their, de- their, te- their team defense is great up uh, in, higher up on the ground, just allowing them to just put themselves in the right position. They win a lot of one-on-ones. They don't get easy goals kicked on them. It's uh, it's going to be another good year for Sydney. They are, they are a very well-run outfit, and they play a Hawthorne team this week that was horrendous. I uh, I, I do want to play. There was there was one clip from an old NFL coach which really reminded me of the Hawthorne performance on the weekend. So I'm just going to play it. Well, what happened was that second game we got our ass kicked. Or the second half we just got our ass totally kicked. We couldn't do diddly offensively we couldn't make a first down we couldn't run the ball we didn't try to run the ball we couldn't complete a pass we sucked the second half we sucked we couldn't stop the run every time they got the ball and went down and got points we got our ass totally kicked the second half that's what it boiled down to i just just think it's an old speech from jim moore it's just how every hawthorne fan felt at the game we got our ass kicked we we sucked i mean Oh God! Second half, we we couldn't we couldn't kick a goal. We couldn't stop him from kicking a goal. It was just a a. There was no synergy between Hawthorne's mids and forwards all game, and Essendon, to their credit, just looked like a team that was working well together. That adding Setterfield, he looked great. Their young guys like Durham and Perkins were just. You know, they played some of their best games that they that they had. Their back line didn't look phased. Redmond and Ridley were strong throughout the game. They won enough ball on the inside. In the first half, That we kept, Hawthorne kept merit to a, I think, eight or nine touches. In the second half, we dropped the tag and he just went nuts and he had 17, 18 touches and just cut the game open. I mean, you, you, let, you let Merritt do that. He's an A-grade player in the competition and he's going to do it. So, you know, there was lots of discussion throughout and I think the discussion will keep going as to whether Hawthorne stripped it back too much. I really think that the ball movement from Hawthorne was there. Uh, there was just no synergy between the forwards and the backs. and uh, Sorry, between the forwards and the midfield. There were so many entries that just ended up in nothing. And, you know, you, when you do that multiple times and over and over and you go forward, that did, that that ability to team defend when you're not getting the reward slows down and Essendon were able to work their way through it just way too easily. So well done, Essendon. You played a, uh, a really solid first outing. Uh, I 
didn't get to talk. I won't talk too much about the Saints Freo game because I was at the Hawthorne uh, Essendon game and I didn't get to watch much of the Saints Freo game. I will watch it this week. I'll talk about it a little bit later in the week when I do my other pod. Um, but just overall, a, a sensational round of footy. I really liked how most teams... I, I, I will say just at the end because I, I really want to talk about it. Clarko's back. Harry Sheasel was the rising star of the weekend. Jin, Jinby was great as well, but Harry Sheasel. And the reason Clarkson is just so intelligent and is going to be so great for the North, North Melbourne Football Club is because he learns from others. He's willing to learn at, a, at his older age after being in the league for 20 years. He is still willing to learn. He went over to the US last year and went and worked with the Green Bay Packers and he worked with the Golden State Warriors. And he picked up on things that they do. And he's come back into the AFL and he's learning from our other AFL clubs. One of the smartest decisions last year was Craig McRae saying to Nick Dacos, we're not going to put you in the midfield, we're going to put you at halfback. You're a great ball user and we're going to let you fly out of halfback and get unlimited touches and just cut games open with your ball use, with your speed, with your nous. What, is, what does Clarkson do? He goes, geez, that was, that was the right way to play a really skillful position player. Put him at halfback like they did with Sheasel. Let him touch the ball 34 times in a game and show everyone how good he is and set North up going forward, which, they have, which they've needed for half a decade. They haven't had ball movement and skill off their halfback line. So to have Harry Cecil just drop back there and do that, and he said in, a, in the post-game interview, oh, I've never even played halfback. But Clarko knew. Put him at halfback. It will help the whole team. They played an excellent game. It was a really good game of footy. LDU was awesome. Larky was awesome. North are back. The fans are happy. They've still got this young kid who I think's as good as Sheasel called George Wardlaw, who is coming in and will play in the next few weeks. He's just an absolute bully. He's Clayton Oliver 2.0. So, North fans, just relishing it. It's going to be a really good season for you guys if that's the type of performance you put up. Your coach is an absolute genius. I will, <laughs> I've seen it before. He just knows what to do and when to do it and how to get the team up for games and how to put players in a position to succeed. So, congrats, North Melbourne. It will be a... Really good season for you guys. That is my Tuesday recap. Hope you have a good week. I'll come at you with some uh, review uh, previews for next round later on in the week. And uh, yeah, I'll tell you who I'm tipping for round two. Thanks, guys.